0: This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of hearing a strange thing at night, going downstairs and stepping into acid and realizing that the battery from your car has decided to go for a snack.
1: Yeah, but what happens when your uh, fire elemental leaves and you can't take a hot shower now?
2: Uh, You should have taken better care of your appliances.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, there, there has to be boundaries and rewards. So, anyways, uh, just, just remember, dogs are just children that never grow up. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about adding magic, or magical beings, you know, or whatever you qualify as magic, okay, to technology. So, I guess the first question we need to ask is... Where is this appropriate and where is it not? Okay, because I, you know, I, I, we have an ongoing thing about, you know, getting your peanut butter in my chocolate and my chocolate your peanut butter. Sometimes it's good and sometimes get your damn peanut butter out of my chocolate. (laughs) So what do you think, Jonathan? You've been you've been asleep at the wheel for the past what six sessions?
2: Sleep or dying yeah
0: yeah that's right that's right uh, John, jonathan has uh came down with covid and uh we we all wanted him to return so our, uh, we, we sent him lots of positive energy
2: and uh and you sent so much that the strep bacteria got a hold of me
0: yeah see there you are you know <laughs> well that's because see you know unfortunately we cannot we cannot create any actual living wafus you you you, know, you have to get those on your own and Supposedly, you have one of those, so I don't know why. Uh...
2: And then we had childrens, and the childrens went to school and brought back the stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes,
0: yes. The school started. That's mm. always a fun time for parents. All right, but back to back to our podcast. Uh, so uh, you know, let, let let's hear it, uh, Jonathan. Where you know where's where's it appropriate? Where is isn't it?
2: Um. So adding some magic into your technology. I would definitely say it works within Bureau 13 um, because we already have that, that tradition of, you know, if it's, if it, all the stories are true. So if you could imagine it, there is no reason not to throw it into Bureau 13. And I would say most, almost any other like modern supernatural, unless you're doing something very specific, like, you know, a modern supernatural that only has vampires or, you know, werewolves or something like that.
0: Okay, that sounds a little vague to me, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, so let me try to help you along. Any game okay. where you have magic and technology existing both in the same game, and they're both something that can be developed and and operated, there's a chance for them to, uh, to feed not feed off of each other to uh, compliment. You know, well, complement or even um, merge with each other. So right. what are some games like that?
2: Okay, so I've already mentioned Bureau 13. The other one I can think of, well, let's see, where you have magic and technology side by side. Um, I'd say I can think of one D&D setting that uses that, but for the most part, D&D in general, is they usually shun the technology aspect. <sighs>
1: Oh, you're talking Eberron.
2: Yeah. yeah. Eberron oh, yeah. is the one Love where they, they kind of embrace the technology. But other than that, yeah, almost every other setting, they, they're they like, technology? What's that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, I mean, your your classic D&D setting is, is medieval, like the year 1000 or, or yeah, earlier, it's, it's... where they understand stonework. They can make bridges. They can make buildings to a certain extent. You know, they can make crossbows. They can forge steel apparently, outside of clocks. Maybe they have no clockwork mechanisms. They don't have any kind of a, of a reciprocating kind Early of renaissance, thing. Renaissance, yeah. Not, I mean, not even a, a well. Well is something you drop a bucket into. It doesn't, you know, or you divert a stream and you might send it across an aqueduct to spray down various places, and, you know, and such. But you don't like pump it or anything. If you know that's that's something yeah. that's um, you, that requires magic to do. You know? mm-hmm. So either either you do it with magic or you do it with something else, but you don't merge them together. Is is my uh, my feeling about D and D? Now, it, you know, I'm not saying if your campaign does that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just simply saying that you, you know the in the traditional uh, uh, Forgotten Realms. Uh, uh, Blackmore even though it says the you know the the, the creators uh, Dave Arneson said that it's actually far far in the future and so right. ma- and, and so therefore yeah. magic is really technology you know with the Clarkian principle that it's so advanced that it's actually you know it, it's it, 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 it looks like magic but it's really not but it doesn't change the fact that everything else, You know, I mean, boats are sailboats, or you oar them, or you pole them. Okay. You don't, as in, take a pole and push it against the bottom and and, Mm -hmm. and basically walk down the length of the boat and, you know, and and push the boat forward. But you don't, you have no engine in the boat per se. With, you know, so that's uh, with one exception, which is it's not an engine. It's basically, it's a beast of burden So you could have, theoretically uh, A school of dolphins Or a dragon A, a, a trained uh, Submitted dragon turtle That could pull the boat along Just like you would have a herd of horses Or, you know, a team of horses To do something similar You know, but you know it, it, It's not self-propelled In any sense Right uh, <laughs> uh, there is There actually is An uh, an example uh, of this Where there is an exception And that is And that's from first edition It was in Dragon Magazine And it was how to make cloud castles Okay, does anybody oh. here remember how you did it? Oh, jeez
2: Not from first edition I I know like The latest lore out of the Forgotten Realms Was they had a, like a tenth level spell That would do it
0: Mm-hmm No, no, this, literally, this was constructed So, what you did Was, is it first thing you had to do Is you had to summon, you know A, uh, either a djinn Or an air elemental, somebody A power, very powerful So obviously you had to start off with like a 10th To 12th level mage Okay, because that's when they get to make things Anyways, like 11th level And And then you would discuss What you want to do with them And it, and according to the text The air elemental or the djinn Would be willing to do so it, They would be jazzed by the idea of doing it Alright, and so they would Basically get some clouds And form them into the right shape You know, and somehow Imbue them with You know, to stay, stick together somehow That was something that they could do You couldn't do it, but they could do it Then You would cast a uh, a permanent So you have to cast Wall of force and permanency And just basically lay down a floor On the cloud Okay and that was what you Build on then you could build Anything you wanted to on top of it uh, And uh, At which point You, know, it, you, know, you just had to Get up there, get in your castle. Wind would blow it wherever direction, or you could then use things like gusts of wind to change the, to, you know, to change the direction of it, you know, and steer it. Or you could have you could have it being pulled by uh, a team of hippogriffs. I don't know. The way was it, you, that's how you got a, a cloud castle. You just basically, you know, the, the the other stuff was stuff you added later, but you know, still it was not technology it was all done with magic you know, Wall of Force sounds like technology, but in D&D it really wasn't And but that's how you got it, that was the closest you know um, in first edition that I ever heard of them actually creating something, I mean outside of other things like, you know uh, the Instant Fortresses and things like that which nobody could explain how they were made, they were Usually it's dwarven manufactured law, you know, Lost in time Stuff like that, you know Which is pure tolkien you know, kind of things
2: It is legend No yes. one knows how to do it
0: Yes, this is all You know, the, you know it was Lost to legend, lost in time You know, the dwarves today Just don't have the skill of their forefathers Yeah, you know, so forth You know, so it's, You know, that's it's why, why You should never kill a lich because those things probably have been around long enough that they would probably know the answers to these things.
2: because
0: so like, they're like thousands of years old, right?
2: You reform the lich. You put him in prison. You say, "All right, I'll let you out. I let you eat a few souls if you, you know."
1: Because he's not bad. He's just misunderstood.
0: Well, yeah. you, you you under. It's just like a lion, okay? You understand its nature. You put, you know, you put, you know, borders and boundaries in place so that he so that they can thrive inside them and then everybody can be happy right
2: exactly yeah they just want to create the ultimate spell that destroys all the gods i mean just let them work on it let them work on it they'll leave you alone
0: i know a lot of people that would love somebody to come up with that so (laughs) I, I I don't know about your D and D campaign, but in my D and D campaign, everyone was like the gods. Oh man, are they here again? Please go away.
2: <laughs> it's actually the premise of my campaign is that the gods were banished for like a thousand years.
0: was afraid they're going to come back and just mess everything up. All right. So okay. So like I said, D and D not such a good one. Okay. Be- at least you know that in, in it is default mode. Okay. Right,
1: it depends on the campaign setting that you're running in D&D. Yeah. But usually, no.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that the more modern the setting is, the more likely that you're going to want to at least, you know, uh, to integrate these two. Because, you know, if it's a modern setting, you know, you're basically imagining things like telephones and... and. uh you know and cars and planes and you know automatic weapons and you know whatever else so i mean you know it could be it could be a st- like steampunk for example okay yeah. nobody explains what produces the power that runs steampunk devices all right they all act like it's technology but when you get down to it and you ask them what is it there's It's always like you know phlogium or you know some you know it, it, it runs off of the 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 energizing uh, 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 cylinder.
2: <laughs> it's, it's concentrated aether. That's what it is. It's concentrate. Oh, yeah.
0: oh the, my the, gosh, concentrated aether. The, the I,
2: if I had battle. a nickel
0: for how many times? <laughs> oh my gosh, you know aether. aether there was a time you know, in, in in the science fiction fantasy history where Aether was like the answer to everything. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Pretty much like dark matter is now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you uh, are so right, stretch. Jonathan. Oh my goodness. It's like dark matter. Every time someone wants an answer, it's like, it's dark matter. Yeah, it's, it's dark matter. That's all it is.
2: <laughs> it's like... It was like Mass Effect dark matter. It, it, or... It, it... Anti-gravity the... and psionic powers.
0: Yeah. Oh, at the same time. What's the other one, Trav? If it's not dark matter, it's what?
1: Oh, geez. I'm blanking. Yeah.
0: Quantum physics. Any oh yeah.
2: yeah. Anything quantum in quantum? Front of it,
0: yeah. yeah, I have a. I have a <sighs> quant- I'm using a quantum drive. It's, it's it's a you know quantum communication. You know, I have a quantum floor. You know, is it there? Oh, sh- is it not? Just depends.
2: <laughs> I, I will give credit. Uh, if anyone has read, I just listened to the audiobook for a three body problem, which is uh, one of the new sci-fi books. It's, it's getting some love.
0: And, and, and it, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with, you know, with uh, romantic relationships, right?
2: No, it is, it is about the physics, you know, orbital mechanics, three body problem. But I'll give them credit, and that one—it wasn't dark matter, it wasn't quantum physics; it was string theory physics.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, string theory—that's the other one. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's the new one that's going to come up.
0: So you know, you, you you're going to have the you know the 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 triple threat, the trifecta, right? You know, dark matter, string theory, and quantum physics—all in the same story. And you know that, that 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 story is either torpedoed from the start, or it's going to be awesome because there are literally no limits now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I I'll, I'll give credit. It was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was just Wait, what? You you're doing what? With a proton? What? It was It was weird,
0: but I loved it. Neutrons are just protons and electrons that got just a little bit too touchy. <laughs> yeah,
2: well it was the idea of like unfolding a proton out of 11-dimensional space. I'm like
1: Wait, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's some next level Star Trek stuff there. Yeah,
0: there's a a book called Arc. It's it's part of a tr- uh, is it a trilogy? Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, it's at least two books. It started with Flood, then there was Ark, and then maybe there was a third one. I think. Anyways, the point was is that uh, they had to get away from Earth because you know the waters were rising around the entire planet. I will go into that. So somebody figured out a way of creating a faster than light drive, and essentially what it did was is that it it's, it created like a little tiny hole, uh, basically a pocket of space time. Okay, it had like a one less than the width of a of a uh, of a hydrogen atom okay um, of connection to real space so but it was still connected so you could basically go from real space into this little pocket that you created with your you know your 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 drive you know not magic but drive. you know and uh, with you know because it had math involved in it and uh, anyway so the and And that got you, you know, and that that way they were able to travel faster in light in real space. Because nothing, they couldn't run into anything, first of all. Secondly, all their mass was hidden. So all they were really doing is moving the opening along, which was just kind of like... Folding space a little bit. It wasn't real. The mass that they were moving wasn't in real space. So they were able to travel many times faster than the speed of light. And then they were able to go to another solar system.
2: So they're not having to push the inertia of a whole ship.
0: Right, right, right. And of course, when they pop back out, of course, they had the same inertia they had when they went in. You know, it's relatively easy at that point to slow down or, you know, match it with a new solar system. So where was I going with this? Um, Anyways, it's. It, 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 it's, but it was that kind of like magical. Somebody came up with the idea. They wrote a lot of math in the background, and they made the ship, and you know, and it and it worked. And yay, <laughs> we can we can now flee this planet and go to another planet and colonize because you know otherwise we're all going to drown. So that was that was the plot. That was that was the premise. You know, it was one of many different premises of the book, but it that was the main one of that, that book was doing that. Uh, in Variable Star, they they were traveling very cl- they were traveling in real space, going very close to the speed of uh, of light. Okay, and they did it because they were able to through some trick that they didn't explain how you could do it. It's just if you knew how to do it, you did it. If you didn't, you couldn't do it. So you know until you figured it out. anyways, what it was is that they created antimatter, and they used it to power their fusion drive their ship so the, sh- so the ship is basically just pushing 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 you know uh, and then at, at the middle point flipping over and slowing 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 you know to get yeah, to yeah. the next star it was going to take 20 years to get to the nearest star so you know that was that was the premise of that but the whole thing about you know these people that were like somehow doing this mental gymnastic that let <sighs> the, let the animate come into being and and go where it was supposed to go and they had like three. They had like three people, and they had eight-hour shifts. But then some something bad happened to one of them, and then they had like two people trying to do twelve-hour shifts and getting exhausted. And then something happened to the third one, and then the third one just couldn't do it, and just <laughs> and the ships just adrift in space until somebody else can figure out how you know how to do it so that person can like at least trade off on twelve-hour shifts again, you know, so. That 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 was what happened to a lot of these colony ships. Was that at some point something happened. They didn't ha- they didn't have enough people who knew how to do the trick, and and the weirdest part about the whole thing was the handoff, because when you you when your shift came in, the person who was in there has to hand the process off to you, and you have to keep it going. Now, I mean, if you can imagine the mental gymnastics of being able to create. Antimatter matter out of nothing in the first place And then somehow Exactly, some new person Has to come in exactly match it So they can take over That's some serious quantum level of, uh, Juggling going on Right? Oh yeah But it's also a really good example Of where you could have magic Hiding in technology Because that sounds An awful lot to me like Magic
2: and that, well, then that's the thing. Like once you get a certain level past modern day, you start dealing with, you know, theoretical technologies and science. You're already almost dealing with magic of a different sort. It's, again, it's like that Clarksian technology. It's so advanced that it's going to take the place narratively of, of what magic would have done in, in a fantasy setting.
0: Right. But if, you're, if your game is oriented around hard science, it's probably going to offend you know, your players, and probably your GM, okay, if you suddenly start bringing in magic, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, TriTech did it a lot. I mean, they had FTL 2448, which is supposed to be, like, really hard science, okay? It's 500 years in the future, the way it's supposed to be, you know, basically Babylon 5-level mm-hmm. technology, you know? But then they had all these super-powerful alien races that are just... Floating around on telekinesis, bioengineering their bodies in bizarro ways. Some of them were truly were so bioengineered they could take their heads off and tinker inside and plop off new limbs and other stuff like that. It's just yeah, you know they they, mm-hmm. they they broke the rules in that regard as often as they did. But overall, it was supposed to be technology, and you didn't ever see anybody come in and wave a wand. That never happened, at least not in that game. At least not in this, the the as the, the base campaign,
2: you know, that was in the book. There there was Sonic Screwdriver.
0: There could have been, but I'm just saying, is that's yeah. (laughs) Because
2: to to me, that'd be just
0: Sonic Screwdriver is another example of magic masquerading as technology.
2: (laughs) It's just a wand. It's just it makes a noise instead of it makes a light.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And 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 you're not wrong right so uh and and of course you know uh and he had and then he added psychic paper later on
2: oh yeah was, yeah you
0: know uh the the you know the, uh, uh Tom Baker and his predecessors never needed psychic paper yeah, they just looked you in the eye and said, you do want to solve this problem, don't you well then come on, let's go. Yeah. Every woman just gets swept along with him through the power of his personalities, the force of will. You know, he he was what destiny incarnate.
2: He had plot charisma.
0: Plot he, yeah. plot armor, plot charisma, you know, <laughs> plot holes, many plot holes. <laughs> Generally speaking, when you think of a hard SF story, you know, it it yeah, you know, you're in in SF there's a rule which says you're only allowed one impossible thing. And usually when it's SF it's like fashion light travel. Okay, you know, and that and that's it. That's all you get. Okay. Sometimes they break they bend the rules a little bit You get fashion light travel and a few people have psychic powers, which is really magic, but you know, they, they supposedly it was the next step of evolution, so they kind of got grandfathered in. Okay. But that was it. Nothing more. All right you know and uh, but then all of a sudden you have people coming in and they're you know like I say they're they're casting spells they're they're uh you know uh cursing people you know they're bringing their gods with them I mean, I'm way, I'm, I'm doing waving actions with my hand. Of course, nobody can Ooh, okay. see. It, but I'm just saying, come on, gods, come on in here. Let's squeeze all in here together. Everyone's going. This is getting a little bit too crowded in here. This story has already one impossible thing. So yeah.
2: Well, that makes that just reminds me again of Doctor Who and, and the David Tennant run where the he encountered Shakespeare and the three witches.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and I give credit that, you know, they're doing magic. There is no denying that what they're doing is magic. But he just says, eh, "They we use math, they use words. It's the same thing. I'm like,
0: no, 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 wait.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, uh,
0: remember uh, Block, was it Block Computation? And Aldrich back in, uh, um, oh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the, the the Blonde Doctor, the younger oh, one. That was when of said yeah. Davidson, yeah, Davidson, yeah, uh, block. Yeah, where literally by saying the words, you know, many many times, you could alter reality. Yeah, through, through the force of sound, which of course was kind of the whole premise of the sonic screwdriver. The, the sonic screwdriver basically enforced a change in reality through the application of sound. So you know, you know that whole Clarksy and you know, it's the technology so advanced, it's magic to us, but it still mm-hmm. works. So, yeah but there's lots of examples of where they do have technology mixed with magic, okay? And you know, Bureau 13 was one. Uh, and a lot of anime. Holy cow! Tons of anime. You know, you go in there, people are casting spells, they're imbuing swords, they're they're literally manifesting weapons or powers and things like that. They still have, like, you know, but they might have elevators in their buildings. Or they've got, you know, Pump stations and waterfalls and electricity at night and things like that. They still have, you know, that stuff. So they, there's, you know, anime is probably one of the richest sources of, of uh, examples like that. Can you think of any examples in anime for our listeners that, uh, that you really think is a is a really good example of that?
1: Of magic.
0: Magic being, in, tech- being integrated with technology.
2: Hmm.
0: Because I'm heading, I'm basically heading in the direction of examples. So, but we could give them a more of a larger structure saying this thing hmm. uses that, you know.
2: My first instinct is to say, um, full metal alchemist, but I'm actually having trouble thinking of a, a specific example of them being integrated other
0: than the rules of a- of equivalency right
2: yeah like the the magic had like a scientific sounding rules behind it which apparently you could then break <laughs> but yeah i was trying to think like they used magic to create technology because i mean there's uh, examples of them like using magic to create guns and, and radios and stuff like that, but I don't think I've ever seen one where they were integrated.
0: Okay, how did they use magic to create a radio?
2: Well, like, literally it was just, they would get the, the component parts and use magic to assemble them. So it wasn't literally creating a, 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 an item, it was doing a quick manufacturing. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
2: It was like, okay, we want to make a gun, so I need this much steel and this much, uh, you know, tin or aluminum, and then this much gunpowder, pa- gun gunpowder, and or sulfur, and, and this much.
0: Yeah, you were yeah. So you're basically using magic as the um, as the mystical intelligence required to assemble something that nobody knew how it worked. The magic just told you, told you what you needed, and then once you had all the parts, then the magic would construct a device.
2: I don't know that because I think even then you still had to know how it works in order to do it. I think it was honestly more of the magic just acted like a small portable nano factory. Because even then, because even then, when you were doing things, if you didn't know how the gun was supposed to be shaped, you wouldn't make it right. I don't think the magic did anything. It literally was just it would break down and reassemble the, uh, the atoms in the way you wanted, and that was oh, it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Trav, you got anything?
1: Oh, God, let's see. I mean, relatively, I've probably watched less anime than all of you guys. Um, magic in place of technology?
0: No, magic being integrated in technology.
1: Oh, in that case, then, Robotech, the Invid, Regis, and Regent, where they could just, with a wave of their hand, they make Mecha.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Oh no, no. In in I mean the the Invid Regis and Okay, Reader's Digest is down. Everyone knows what a Robotech geek you are. Um <laughs> The Invid, the race that conquered the Earth a third time and was the basis for New Gen.
0: The cockroaches from outer space, yeah. Crabs, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the crabs, yeah. They uh the invid regis and Per male counterpart the regent during the sentinel saga they could just wave a hand and oh look we've created invid hives we've created the inorganics we've created uh mecca for our little slug like because the invids were like three foot tall slug beings and so in order to get their protoculture back the invid just transubstantiated her entire race into a warrior race creating these various types of mecha and starships to go across the Spiral Arm and just fight the Robotech Masters. And when they came to Earth...
0: How were they creating things out of nothing? I mean, there's literally... that's. I desire a starship, and bam, there's a yes, starship? Yeah,
1: the Reed, the Regis was that powerful. Okay. Okay. It just... she It was matter...
0: She didn't have to know how. She could just simply... S- Say uh, this is what I want, and and, yeah, and, yeah. and and it would it would you know the universe would accommodate her.
1: Yes. Okay. She okay. was in effect a god. Yeah. As was the regent. It's just okay. The well, re- Yeah. That's my best example.
0: Arguably, protoculture is a good example of a yeah. uh, a magic because you basically have seeds, all right, yeah. that are trying to germinate, as seeds will do. Okay, yes. but you put them in under pressure, so they can't do it. They get stopped in midway through the the division process, and because of that, they, because they keep trying, it produces yeah. an immense amount of power. So now you have basically a I don't know how they got from that to like anything that would power something, but it produces power which can then be harvested by these mecha to first of all move and.
1: One seed, they said, could power New York City for like 10 years, clean and effortlessly. No side effects, no. But also, it somehow imbued machines with the term I always found was biomechanical fluidity. That's why these mecha could move as smoothly as a human. It didn't do the clunky robotic move. It moved as you did. And just, yeah, that's magic. That's just
0: Okay. Yeah. So I think Robotech's a good example of that. They just don't call it magic, but really when you look at it the whole thing is based upon this this basically impossible dev- uh, uh, thing the, the, the protoculture. You know, now, you know, be, because in the in the early Robotech of course they didn't they didn't have that. You know, they they, they were just using giant robots you know and that were clunky and all the rest and they were still powerful enough they had fusion engines and such but the earliest ones didn't have the protoculture they they that was still hidden on the uh on the big giant spaceship yeah and that's why the robotech masters were chasing after because they wanted they wanted that was
1: the protoculture yeah. matrix yeah right
0: they wanted it you know but nobody the earth people didn't even know about it but yeah later on sure so yeah so that's a good i think that's a good example of that uh, where something basically generates an entire uh, technology, you know, by you know, always requiring you know this stuff to be part of it because it provides so much into the equation that they would be fools to use anything else, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the example I was thinking of was the devil was a part timer.
2: Oh, that's one I haven't seen yet.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to give the Japanese name because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Okay, but essentially, uh, you have this this guy who's the devil, and his number one minion, and they leave their dimension and they come to this other dimension. He doesn't have all his power and stuff like that, so he has to get a job. So he gets a job at what's essentially a big box store. Oh, jeez. Okay. And, but in the big box store, they, they they, and they sell refrigerators and they sell, you know, mixers and all these things like that. But, and they're all obviously technology. I mean, they're all, you know, what you'd expect, right? Except they're all powered by something magical. Okay. There is a box that has a magical, ge- a magical power generator uh, that they, they attach to the outside of your house. Uh, and uh, and it broadcasts power, like you know, uh, inside the house, and all the devices run off of it. So you have all these devices; they're essentially just you know uh, receptacles. They're they're essentially like radio receivers of this power, and everything is run off of these power mana boxes that they attach on the outside. The entire civilization is based on that: planes, cars, everything. So. You know, and depending upon depending upon the quality that you get, you either get more power or you get better. You know, uh, uh, more power or more reliability. But you know, it's it's pretty standardized, so it's a civilization, and uh, and, and and because they have these, they introduced a monster that's a mana sucker. And it's and what it does is it just sneaks in from you know out the outskirts the woods or whatever like that comes up to a house and just starts putting his tentacles all over the uh, the box and starts sucking the man out and all of a sudden all the all the appliances inside the house stop working or they degrade they're not working well and they start bringing them back to the big box store saying my my uh, mixer you know is not working right you sold me a defective mixer and they're like oh no sir i'm sorry we will replace that immediately and then they're like testing the mixer it's perfectly fine what's wrong This can't be right i mean the mixer is fine why is he having a trouble and they go out and they and they and they find the the monster sucking away at the at the man of a generator and then they have and there's a big fight you know the devil gets to use his powers a little bit you know because he's you know Got all this power, you know, and, and and when that's over and done with, he still has to come back and report into the boss lady, you know, who basically gives him a paddle on the head and gives him a promotion and then gives him three more people to train. And he's like, ah, <laughs> just like real life, right? You know, the uh, the the reward for good work is. More, more work. work. More work. Yes, we're all. What's that term? Waste.
1: No, no, no. Good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. No good,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Right, but see that entire series. I mean, it's 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 only like twelve episodes. You know, and I, I I would like to see more. But yeah, it's it's all based on the idea that that they have these magical generators that use like broad, that produce broadcast power that you know it's like just like ta- Tesla wanted, and it just yep. runs all yeah. the technology you know in and and you so you basically you know sign a contract with the people who make the power generators When you uh and then you just go to the big box store and buy whatever appliances you want that won't overload the supply of power being produced by your generator so you know and and they and the and the the, the power company is is responsible for replacing the the uh, defective generators and maintain them, and you don't actually own your own generator. Nor would you want to, because you know they do go bad over time; they degrade. Reminding me now
1: of a setting that I dabbled with in an old Friday game. It was a. Uh, uh, the company went under Star Called Studios, and the setting it sort of was like Eberron. It was called Zodiac Empires, and they had this this um, crystalline substance called. Eldria and so if you harness and facet it right it does the wireless Tesla power thing where you could sit there oh and I mean you're you're it's supposed to be a medieval setting but you go to these cities and I'm reading this stuff it's like hi ice boxes radiators air conditioning but it's supposed to be early yeah early 20th century maybe late 19th century Was the setting, yet with this Eldria, you could sit there and you had all these, you know, flying ships and uh, even firearms. Because you could sit there and grind down the powder and that was your gunpowder. And just, yeah, now that you've been mentioning all this, it reminded me of that setting, that Zodiac Empires. I don't know if it's still being sold. It came out a couple years ago. But, yeah, they had the wireless power where they had the Eldria generators all throughout the cities. And yeah, you could just tap into the nearest one and, oh, great, you just cooked your meal, you just played basically something akin to a phonograph. Yeah, yeah, the the wireless power, that, that setting reminded me of that.
0: There's a series out that's called uh, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. I think it's that series. I could be wrong. It could be something else. But uh, you've got this guy who's been reincarnated as a slime in a, a very fantasy world full of... Or you know uh, goblins and dragons and monsters and things like that, and everybody's living in ba- basically at a uh, uh, you know medieval level, like like you'd expect the the one thousand year whatever, and he starts. Improving things. He starts introducing stuff do techniques things like that. So technology comes into the world because he Understands this sort of thing understands technology and because he's like, you know Overpowered like crazy is able to you know learn more and get better and better so, you know, so what happens though is is that you start seeing Creatures that are supernatural Getting put to work You know, in forms of technology So, as an example You know, at one point they, They'll they make a, a big deal about it But you go walking along And you see essentially an oven a, Like a big um, oven for a, a bakery And yeah. in the bottom There's a little opening And inside you can see an, a fire elemental He's just sitting there smiling And apparently that's its job is to sit in there and regulate the temperature in the oven and they just keep doing their thing and they don't I don't know what he gets fed uh, or if he gets fed you know um, but I mean it it, it it was there weren't big piles of of uh, wood around and things like that so I assume that you know that he was because he's a he's a being that's fire he was he was fine with you know with with that uh but anyways that was the you know so here was a very simple piece of technology where they've replaced wood you know what you normally use to keep make it work with a creature that's magical this 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 you know the the essence of magic fire elemental and it basically replaces these things so likewise you might have a fire elemental uh uh being the the heating source for a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, for a steam engine.
1: Oh no, there's um, in in and I've mentioned the use of these books before for OGL and doing, you know, like oh we have technomagic firearms and te- um, it's called Factory by the the now out of business Perpetrated Press and what they would do oh you can make power armor yeah well how do you power it well you put an elemental in. You can put an earth elemental in, and just them moving around in this bound container, that's gives the power. You can put a fire elemental in. Not only does it do that same thing, but also it powers your energy weapons, and you get fire resistance, too. That same principle, just using elementals to power machinery. And in that book, that's how they did that. Yeah
0: and i can envision like you know we were talking about water and there's no pumps or things like that well what if you had a water elemental that could literally just squirt water up to a higher level you know like into a tank and then the water would then for you know dr- go down by normal gravity feed yeah, throughout yeah. a building and run the toilets and and uh run the faucets and you know what? Uh, showers and all those things. Those and... are the
1: water. Those are the water ed elementals that have honked off the bigger. And uh, you get to run sanitation in that building over there. What? All I did was splash the teacher. What? I got to work the toilet system. Ah, geez. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm
0: <laughs> not making the elementals do that part of it. I was just having to provide the initial, you know, tank of water up on the rooftop. That yeah, would then yeah. flow down, you know. So, uh, uh, and of course, they could also do things like um, uh, block the flow of water so you could raise the water up or down depending upon what you need to do. So, you, you could, in essence, use a water elemental to create a locking system for boats.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, uh, you know, or again, you could use magic. You could, like, you know, have somebody. Create a wall, uh, a wall of stone, and then make it disappear, or a wall of force and make it disappear. And in Five E, there's the, there's a druidical power that lets you uh, basically control the shape of water in a five foot square. So enough, you know, enough of them could basically block off water, and let it go. You know, it, you could use it to divert water into channels. So rather than you, you know, uh, and if you Put this into some kind of a uh, permanency kind of thing where you know even something that rotated on you know uh, as a clockwork mechanism and then would change you know this part gets so much water then moves to the next part then moves to the next part moves to the next part you know you could still you know uh you know have that you know or um uh, and it would be oh, magic that was making, helping to make the technology more effective.
1: Oh, God. There that. was, there was, um, and it. this is 3 uh, 0. Alderac Entertainment Group, AEG, the people that later put out both the Farscape and the Stargate games. They had, and it was one of their, their, their uh, help books. And they had in it the setting, it was Novo something, but it was supposedly. Oh it was um, and I'm bl- it was basically their steampunk book. And what they did is, oh, adding magic to steampunk. Oh, okay, yeah, We have elemental plane of fire gates, and the heat is sent through to heat this and do this and run the steam engines. Oh, we need to make sure that our air is always fresh and clean and there's no pollution. Elemental, you know, elemental plane of air gates that are blowing in a nice constant breeze blows you know the pollution away there's the smoke from the factories oh we need fresh water water gates and of course for earth you know that's where they mine they would just go in you could mine ores or whatever yeah this city did that with um well i guess conjurers are the ones in DD that make gates yeah because teleportation's conjuration effect yeah but basically they had set portals all over the city to do this function that function the other function so yeah and as, as I said, um, yeah, it was the steampunk book for the AEG series. And I forget, it's some, Steam and Sorcery, that's what it was. And this came out in like the early 2000s, just as the, the, the OGO is getting going. But yeah, I remember that and I'm going, I'm reading that and I'm going, oh no, this could have some serious potential. And then I found Factory with using a, a bound elemental to power power armor.
0: You know this can get very dark pretty easily because you've got these creatures that are essentially intelligent beings, okay? And you can abuse them. So, for example, instead of using an elemental to heat a uh, uh, a tank of uh, uh you know uh, uh of water and and basically make a steam engine, you can just dump the water directly on the fire elemental. Forcing it to turn it into steam and then direct that steam into your pistons. I mean, you could literally just be drowning your fire elemental, possibly causing a great a, a great deal of grief because supposedly that's you know fire or water elementals are you know they fight each other and that's how they do it. You know. Uh, well,
1: the whole the whole thing with using these elementals in close proximity is that you have the proper ...planar binding spells to make sure these things don't want, don't get out and interact with each other. They are in separate, magically reinforced containment units.
0: Right, but what but, but I'm saying is the way you do it could therefore be very evil... You, know, you you take an elemental and you trap it inside of a machine, and it's in there forever. You know, until until the machine has to be taken apart. It's in the dark. You know, it's 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 trapped in a constrained space. You know, nobody talks to it. You know, sensory deprivation. You know, it's bound there by magic.
1: And it's going to get out, and it's going to do the 50s histrionic American housewife. I slave away in this circle for your comfort, and this is the thanks I get. You know, that
2: type of thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: or it just goes on, a, yeah, gets a rampage and destroys the house.
0: Or you get the classic situation you know, where if this thing ever got out, it would kill us all. Why wouldn't it? You tra- <laughs> enslaved it. You mistreated it. You've effectively
2: tortured it. <laughs>
0: you did, yeah. So I think you know that uh, that if you use elementals and creatures, you know, magical creatures, like I said, like the you know, the you know the you know, the, you know, the steam turtles or whatever like that, you know, if you use these things that as part of your technology. Okay, I would, A, prefer them to be intelligent rather than just being something that's just magical energy that can respond to you. You can hear your commands and obey, okay? And then you have to treat them correctly. You have to treat them, you know, the way you should. And if you do that, what do you have, Jonathan?
2: Uh, An indentured servant at at best. Mm, No, not at best. Well, okay. At best, you have a partner. You have a, a business partner. You have Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you I have mean, Pokemon. <laughs> that, that, honestly, yeah. That, that's yeah. the way I would treat yeah. Pokemon, too. Is they're, they're business partners in your, your, your Wait uh, let me, let me move fighting my tournament.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let me move my one uh, headphone thing. Yeah. I just heard Josie's ears perk up from 10 minutes off me <laughs> when you said that. Anyways. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, and and something I realize here about this oh using magic to power your technology. There is one spell that you cannot cast anywhere near this stuff. Dispel magic,
2: or anti magic shield, or but shield.
1: that that type of thing.
2: You yeah.
1: cast that in some type of elementally bound engine. Good night, Irene game and well, game. yeah. Again, best is like best is
2: going to hurt the elemental or uh, hurt the match. Oh, it's not
1: going to hurt the elemental. It's going to release them from the confinement because. It's and well, some that's the thing.
2: Plane. Again, if you've if you've developed like a a business partnership, then yeah, you where probably you don't need LB. to find it. Yeah, yeah. 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 If, yeah. If, or, if you if you've got a, a a give and take kind of situation, then yeah, you'd probably be all right in that case. But yeah, if you've if you've trapped them in there. Yeah, if and that, that was just, something I was going to say is if if you do have it as a like a if you're uh, enslaving these elementals, you would probably want to have some kind of you know fail safe system where if yeah. the containment fails, they're instantly banished back to their home realm. Yeah,
1: that would be the best thing. And see, when you have these types of magically powered technology. You're going to need that, that, that backup because you're going to also, th- this is not something, I mean, at the most you might have like one eccentric wizard. Wait a minute, you have this device. Wait, water comes through this pipe. You turn this knob, the hot water comes out, and this knob, cold water comes out. Well, yeah, over here in this tank, I have a fire elemental bound wow. under it. And over here under this tank, I have an, uh, an ice para-elemental here, and it keeps the water nice and cold. Now, that's usually one person doing that. In order to have something like that, you're going to need a massive infrastructure of magic. You're going to have, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Conjurer's Guild, yeah, the Conjurer's Union is fighting for more pay because they're having to constantly trap elementals, and some of them don't want to be trapped. Yeah, they're wanting better medical. You know, you're going to have a very present day. Uh, think about it. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, conjuring,
1: you, conjuring elementals is never a easy thing to do because
2: you got to be careful because you start with the conjurers union. And then next thing you know, you've got the elemental union.
1: Well, if the elementals, <laughs> you know, if they're just these creatures. Now, if you're making the elementals intelligent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. then
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why, folks, the best thing to do. Use undead. They don't form unions anyways then you got the mm. necromancers Union they're all bent out of shape Man. okay I,
0: okay okay. I guess say uh, you yeah, there's lots of intelligent undead
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But,
0: but if you, if they're not intelligent okay they're I mean in that sense if they're like dogs or cats then you know they still have to be constantly you know, constantly trained uh, or they forget you know or you, know, you have to use some ki- you have to use some kind of inducement. To keep them doing the right thing you know
1: motivation
0: I mean a horse you know is is a very trainable animal but it doesn't start trained someone has to train right. it and then yep. even afterwards you have to continue to work with it you know to reinforce those commands so you know any anytime you have a self you know a, a creature that basically you know is operating is your is the the basis for your technology uh whether it's a cold elemental or a a uh and i you know and unless it's very existence just as existence alone is all that's required to make the thing work you know in which case we are kind of going toward again that slavery kind of thing uh then you're you're going to have to you know have people whose job is to you know police strays to uh check to make sure that that you know they're they're um you know, when they don't operate, they have to come in and debug them. In a sense, you know, uh, and you know, and you're going to have to have some way of grading their quality so that you have a minimum level of quality. You, you know, you, you you don't want any old fire LML thrown into your.
1: Basically, you're going to have to have a magical version of what is it? The stuff that they tech- test underwriters laboratories, that type right. of thing.
2: and you're gonna you're gonna need an OSHA. I can just see this now. It's like, well, Mrs. Smith, I see the problem here. Your 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 water elemental is dead. Uh, when's the last time you fed it?
1: Yeah. Or no? Yeah. Now, 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 Bruce, I'm getting all the things about Mike Bonkowski from Bureau 13. Yes, yes I, I, know, I know, I know, I yeah. know. But
0: yeah. Uh, uh, but also consider the garbage disposal in the Flintstones, that was you know actually a, a, a monster that just ate their garbage.
1: Yeah, it was. Dead. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean that was a very simple piece of technology that really did work. I mean, when you th- you know, and when they got they got rid of the old one because it was big and fat and old, they just dra- they had to literally drag it out. It was like this, it like tripled in size over the years, you know. And they brought in this fresh new garbage disposal guy that just snapped it up and, you know, <laughs> it worked so much better. <laughs> there weren't any strange smells coming out from underneath the sink anymore.
1: Oh, oh, I see. I'm the old elemental. You're going to bring in this new young buck. Okay, Uh does he know how to heat your water exactly? Does he know how to start your fires exactly? Uh No, because he's a newbie. I've been here for 30 years. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I thought we were partners. I thought we were a team. Yeah. How could you do this to me? But we're here. going to send you this very nice place where you can, you know, where you can relax and, and enjoy life here's, and not have to work and be useless. That's what you want. You want to be useless. And, 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 you know, I might as well just, why don't you just kill me now? Just kill me.
1: Again, it's the whole <laughs> here I am. I Here I am. I slave under a hot stove to heat your food. And this is the thanks I get. We're
2: 50, back to the kids. And all I got was a gold watch.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Or a, a t shirt. Yeah.
0: Copy. <laughs> and you know, if you're a GM and you're not doing this, I mean, if you want, and you're not doing, you have this kind of campaign and you're not doing this. How, I mean, come on. You're not bringing the awesome to the table. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It, this is low hanging fruit here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, no, it, it's true that usually nine times out of ten, the trope is that. An elemental is pretty much a mindless creature. It just, well, exists.
2: Yeah, that's, so, yeah, sometimes a lot of the ones are, like, just... Yeah, they just operate on, like, an animal instinct. level at best. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. the fire elemental just wants to burn things, and that's all it wants to do is burn things. Yeah.
0: It's its nature. Yeah. And so... So you can feel perfectly fine about, you know, con- constraining it. You're going like to treat it just like
2: burn things. It's it, you, it's happy and you're Yeah, and you put
1: it. it and you put it in that that containment, you know, chamber with the magical shielding and all this and the planar binding spell. It's going to be PO that it's being confined, so it's going to just try to burn. And all it's doing is heating your, you know, heating your soup pan, you know. Or your water for your shower and it's just more and more angry and hey, I'm getting a hot shower every day and cooked food and you know, heat in the winter. Hey, thanks a lot. Why are you angry?
0: Yeah, if you wanna make you wanna make an elemental angry, okay. So just think about this, okay, is it you know you have an elemental, all right, and you can either get an elemental of a certain size, so it heats water to a certain temperature or something like that. Or you have an elemental and there's some material that causes the element... It's, it's like, you know, cocaine to the elemental, okay? It it basically really jazzes them up or really stimulates them or something like that, okay? So you have this, you know, you have this, t- this stick of it, okay? And it basically... You just... You know, jam it in <laughs> into the chamber, okay? And it goes into the elemental, and the elemental goes whoa, and then bam! All of a sudden, your temper, your water goes from 60 degrees to 120 degrees. You know, which is really great if, like, for example, you know, you're trying to control the. Uh, you know the heat in your oven, for example. So you know this this far in is 300 degrees. This far in is 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 500 degrees. So you know and and basically the the critter is is at the mercy of of how far you shove this catalyst you know uh, into it. You know and it's, you know uh, it, it, of course you know you you, you want to hide what you're doing you know because there's going to be sensitive souls like me who had to stop watching the uh, road runner in college because they felt so bad for the coyote <laughs> just wow. the idea is that we are jamming something into this elemental to make it perform you know stro- uh, uh on a higher level that how do we know we're not hurting it how do we know it's not suffering you know I mean, you know, how do we know we're not getting addicted to it? And and then at some point it's going to be like, you know, it's not going to work anymore because it's, you know, in which case.
1: Oh, there's a setting idea and a campaign idea. You have this elementally powered society and you find this substance that augments an elemental's performance. And you could just go with it, folks, just have, oh, we're exploring new lands to find this, this, this gem that if you put it next, you know, you, you, you attach it to your bound elementals tank, it's like a drug and they'll, you know, perform more and burn brighter and flow faster. And yeah, and just have like, it'd be like a drug war. I mean, just, you know, you're exploring, you're trying to beat other people. It'd be like a gold rush, but for this this drug, gem, whatever. Yeah, ooh, that'd be an interesting thing to have for, if you had a campaign that had an elementally powered society. Add that and just have all the stuff going on with it.
0: Yeah, or to go to the dark side of that, you get them addicted to it first. And then you deny it to them unless they perform.
1: Well, you know, remember, folks. You know, we here at Gaming on the Frontier podcast do not condone drug use, but you no. know, first try is always free.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying. You see that, and, and the reason I mention these things is because there's going to be societies where they're they're evil. You know, they use their, their either there was there's evil intent or things get corrupted. Got yeah. corrupted. Okay, and then there's going to be evil and. And, and sometimes and it can be a very slippery slope and they and that gives your players a reason to fight against the status quo, to join, you know, to perhaps even try to rally the populace against, you know, this. And of course, you are going to get the well. What are we going to do if we don't have our elementals to do whatever? Will we? You, know, you want us to live in the dark ages? You know, I mean, you know, the the wheels of industry will grind to a halt. There'll be starvation. Yeah. I mean, yep. you, just like we hear today, you know, when we talk about things like oil. All right. Yeah. They would, they would be saying the same things. And you can and you, and you can just use all that same arguments. By the way, you know, the status quo people can use the same arguments they have for coal and oil, use that for elementals. It's it's easy peasy.
2: I've just yeah. gotten in my head the the image of PD people for the ethical treatment of elementals.
0: Nice. There you go. <laughs> yes. I'm sure I'm sure there's an even classier version of that, you know, that's Really, really zings, you know. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this
1: is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast.